Our text is going to be Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 through 4. Have you found it? Yes. All right. The Word of God says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Will you pray with me? Father, as we bow, we praise you for all the great things we've already praised you for. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your goodness in everything. And we ask you now that you will speak to us in your word, whether we are parents, whether we're children, whatever role we play, help us to learn how to best honor you. And we pray it in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Amen. You guys can be seated. Pick a chair, pick a ground. All right, I want us to begin by playing a little game. You're going to call it easy or hard. I'm going to tell you a thing. And you're going to tell me whether it's easy or hard, okay? So ready? Here, let's try. Counting to 10, easy or hard? Easy. Look at you all. Okay. Calculus. (laughs) What did Mary say? Yeah. Running a marathon. Okay. Making a sandwich. Then you all should make your own sandwiches and stop asking your mom. Uh, Where's Jason? Hiking rim to rim of the Grand Canyon. Hard. Hard. (laughs) Flying a kite. All right, all right. One more. Raising a child. (laughs) Any person who lives in the real world knows that raising a child is among the hardest, most wonderful, most frustrating, most rewarding, most stressful, and most glorious things we are ever privileged to do in this life. Sometimes, parents, we are so proud of what a little one does, we want to shout and tell the world, right? Sometimes you wish you had a remote control button that would magically, that would magically open a trap door beneath your feet and instantly transport you out of public view. Parents, have you ever had that moment? Grocery store? Right? Right right in the aisle? Toy aisle? You guys know what I'm talking about. And children. Having parents isn't always easy either, is it? They're not answering me. (laughs) I remember. Sometimes mom and dad seem not to understand you. They don't want to listen to you, you feel like. Sometimes you feel like they want to make you explain everything you've ever thought or felt and why you thought and felt it. Sometimes you're going to be amazed at how much your parents give you. Other days you complain that you never get anything you want. Sometimes you want everybody to know how cool your parents are. And some days you want the, per- the child version of the witness protection plan. In point of fact, living for Jesus at home as part of a family is really hard. It's great. We love it. We wouldn't trade it, but it's hard. So this morning, and yes, it's this morning, we're going to find two main points about living as children and parents 
in our home. And I promise you, every bit of this has something for you in it, okay? So every one of our points, we're gonna have a little bit in there to show us about what it means to play the role that the Lord has given us to play. So let's give it a shot. Point number one, children. Where are the children? Are there any children here? Yes. Okay, thank you. Children, honor the Lord by obeying your parents. Honor the Lord by obeying your parents. That's the point. Look at verses one through three again. Children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Each time in the Bible that Paul talks here about a relationship of somebody in authority and somebody to submit, Paul always speaks first to the person in authority then he turns his attention to the one who is the one under authority first, then the one in authority gets talked to. So that's why the kids go first here. And every time Paul does this, he gives genuine biblical commands. So if you are under authority, it is your biblical responsibility to follow the leadership that is over you unless your leader calls you to participate in sin. And if you are a leader, parents, It is your responsibility to lead in a godly way, remembering that God is your ultimate authority. So right here, Paul talks to children. So this kids is for you guys and is for grown children who are still at their home under their parents' authority. But there's gonna be stuff for every parent, every child and every adult, honestly. This is for young children. This is for young men and young women who are still under their parents' leadership. First, I want you to notice that God expects children to hear this message. How do we know? Because Paul wrote this letter to the church and he assumed that children would be present in the church taking part. So children, listen to me here. You might be young, but you are able to listen to God's word. You are able to learn from God's word. You are able to respond to God's word. You can sing, you can pray, you can give, you can read, you can worship the Lord, and you're supposed to. That's what God commands of you. And God gives commands here to children in how you respond to your parents. There are two words, one in verse one and one in verse two, that are really important that we understand so we get the command. They're the word obey and the word honor. Mm -hmm. Children, you may be young, but you are able to listen to God's word, learn from it, and respond right here. This is important stuff. Okay, first, the word obey literally means to listen to and do what you're told. It's actually a word for getting under the sound of your parents' voice. So children, what does it mean to obey? If you obey your parents, you do what they tell you. Or as one family I heard would say it this way, they would say, obey means you do what I say right away, all the way, and with a happy heart. How's that for a definition of obey? Y'all good with that? Good. Right at, do what I say right away, all the way with a happy heart. You hear instructions and you take action to do what you're told. So if you're a student in school and your parents tell you to do your homework, you do it. You don't put it off. 
You don't complain and argue and gripe and wheedle. You don't, now you might, if you want to, if you want to take the risk, you might ask your parents to reconsider the plan and find an alternative with you, but you never just go against your parents and you never just go do your own thing. So long as they're not telling you to sin, so long as they're not telling you to submit to sin, you do what you're told. Now, what you're gonna find is as you get older, as you take on more responsibility for yourself, you're gonna experience greater freedoms in the family. That's how it works because parents are trying to prepare you children to be adults. But so long as you are under your parents' authority in the home, you obey. Now, why obey your parents? What's it say in verse one? Obey your parents in the Lord in the Lord. Doing what your parents say. Listen to me because this is really important. Doing what your parents say with that in the Lord behind it means that obeying your parents is a way you worship God. Every person in the world has a job to do. No matter how old you are, you've got things God has told you that you can do to show the world how great God is. And any child can show how great God is when they obey what mom and dad tell them to do. It trains you to be ready to obey God when you're an adult. It trains you to accept authority over you when you're an adult. And it's good. The second reason God gives you to obey your parents, he says, because this is right. And the word for right there, it's the word for righteous in the Bible. It's an acceptable thing to God. It makes God happy when we obey righteous authority. And it's right in this sense. Everybody who has any sense knows that it's a good thing for children to obey their parents. Because obeying your parents protects you and helps you grow up to be ready to be a strong man or strong woman. Then verse 2, we have a second word that following what your parents say is good, doing what your parents say is good. And this is gonna stretch us a little further beyond just the young ones in the house. So if you're old and going to sleep, because I'm talking to the young ones, listen up. The second thing says, honor your father and mother. Uh, This is the first commandment with a promise. God commanded obedience to or honoring your parents a long time ago. And that commandment has never changed. Because Paul here points us back to the Ten Commandments. Honor your father and mother. Now, what's the word honor mean? And this is, this is the part where you grown folks who aren't under your parents' authority can listen up. What does the word honor mean? It's a Greek word that has to do with showing that a thing is valuable. It's a Greek word that has to do with showing that a thing is important. So children, grown children or children in the home, are to treat their parents like treasures. When you've got a thing that is special to you, that's valuable to you, how do you treat it? You care for it, right? You might let other people know that you value it. You do not disrespect it and you certainly don't try to harm it. So the command to honor your father and mother, like I said, that's not age restricted. Paul did say obey is a command for children, those still in the house under the authority of their parents. When you grow up, you still honor your parents. Even when you're old and married and have kids of your own, you still honor 
you have the responsibility to treat your parents as valuable. And this is a spot every one of us can stop and think about how are we doing here? This is not for the young folks. If your mom or dad is still alive, ask yourself this question. Do I obey the command to honor my father and mother? Do you treat your parents with respect? Would the watching world that sees you think that your parents are worth something to you? And what would you need to do in order to follow this command better? You know, we've got folks in our body right now who are devoting themselves and their coming years to caring for aging parents. Even when mom and dad are getting older and needing a lot of taking care of. And you know what that is, folks? That is honoring father and mother. I would tell you who's doing that, but I don't think Mary would like it. So, oh. Many of us, many of us have opportunities now to honor our father and mother. Maybe mom and dad aren't still with you and you can't do it that way. But if your mom and dad are still alive at all, you've got an opportunity to treat them like they're worth something. Now, I know, I know many of us here had parents who tried their best and did their best. But I'm going to guess that in a group of this size, some of y'all had miserable parents who did you harm. I, first of all, let me say this. Never submit to abuse. If your parents are abusing you as a child, you need to report that to somebody who can help you. Talk to an adult. Talk to the police. Come talk to an elder at the church. We will help you talk to somebody to get you help because you do not have to obey commands to sin and you do not have to submit to sin against you. But also, the call to honor your parents, though, is not a call that you would pretend that an abusive or absent mom or dad was great. I'm not saying that to you. So if you're feeling guilt over that because your parents hurt you and you don't know how to honor them, I understand that. You don't have to be all pretend lovey-dovey. But listen to me. As a follower of the Lord, it is your job to do your best to show as much respect as you can for the position of your parents. And as you have layers of hurt and hardship to untangle in your life, it's going to be your job to figure out how do I best follow God's instructions here? And this means you've got to pray and you've got to seek the counsel of, of the Lord. And you need to seek the counsel of other believers who maybe can tell you, here's a way you can show them honor even if you can't be all sweetie pie on them. Y'all, we live in a very fallen world, don't we? Some parents may have made it nearly impossible for them to be honored. What I'm saying is we do our best to obey the Lord as much as we can right here. Now, children, let me show you one more thing, okay? Why would you want to obey and honor your parents? That's a good question, right? God tells you in verse 3, honoring your parents, you do it because it leads you to blessing. You all like blessing? It's a good thing, right? We're pro-blessing. 
in the Ten Commandments, the first commandment with a big attached promise, the first one that says, if you do this, God says he'll do that, is this one, honor your father and mother that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. You see, God blesses us when we obey him. In the Old Testament, God, when he gave that promise, he was promising the nation of Israel that if you raise children who honor their parents, that's a way for the nation to be in the favor of God. But God was also saying, Israel, if you let your kids go crazy, if your kids won't honor their parents, God's not going to bless the nation and he's not going to keep them in the land that he gave them. Children, God gives you a chance to honor him. How? Obey your parents. Listen to what they say and do it. Honor your parents. Show your parents that you value them in how you speak, how you act, and in your attitude. That really snarky, ugly eye roll that some children have does not honor their parents or the Lord. Why? Why do we do this? That is how you worship God, by obeying commands like this. It is right. It's good. It's always been the command of God. And it's a thing that will lead to God blessing you. And remember this, this is not me ever calling you to let somebody abuse you. I'm not saying to let somebody sin against you. If somebody's hurting you, if they're mistreating you, you talk to somebody and you get help. You do not submit to sin. You do not sin because they tell you to sin. You find a trustworthy adult and you ask for help. And you know what? Even as you do that, you don't have to be nasty. You can just say to your parents, I want to be under your authority. And I'm sorry, but I can't follow what you're asking me to do because it goes against the commands of God. Being a child is hard. I get it. But being a child gives you the chance to look like Jesus. How can I say that? Did Jesus live under parents on earth? Yes. Yes. Did Jesus obey them? Were they perfect? No. Luke chapter 2, 51 and 52 says this. He went down with them and came to Nazareth and was submissive to them. And his mother treasured up all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. All right. That's the children's section. You guys okay if I talk to the parents for a little bit now? Thank you. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Point number two, parents, raise your children in the Lord. Look at verse four. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. If it's hard to be a child, folks, it's even harder to be a parent. See, being under authority, it can be tough, but having the responsibility to lead in a godly way, that is always bigger and always more complicated. So for all y'all who are raising children, this session offers heavy commands that we need to obey. First, take note, to whom is this command addressed? Look at verse four. Tell me who is the person, the subject of this sentence? Fathers. That's important, guys. God speaks to fathers. In our study of marriage, you guys remember that we did a marriage study not too long ago? So I don't need to do it again, right? Thank you. God has designed the household with an order. The husband's job is to lead, provide, and protect. 
The job of the wife is to support her husband in that role. And here we see God is affirming that because the man is the one he addresses first here, the clear one who has, who's, who's God's talking to, the dad in the family bears the responsibility. That's important. Now, does that mean mom has no authority over the children? No. How do we know? Because Paul says to the children, obey whom? Parents, plural, mom and dad. In the Ten Commandments, it says to honor whom? Father and mother. So mom is a leader over the children. It's just that dad needs to accept the responsibility, the final responsibility for the kids. And as God addresses the parents and their responsibility, we get two commands. One, one is a negative command, avoid this. The other is a positive command, do this. So first, it says, do not provoke your children to anger. And that phrase comes from a single Greek word that would say that you're causing your children to boil and boil and swell with wrath. Don't treat them in such a way as to repeatedly embitter your children. So how might a parent provoke his son or daughter to wrath? Well, that's a topic I would say is worthy of you all sitting down and talking about, isn't it? Paul doesn't tell you here, and I would be foolish to try to give you a list and say, these are the seven ways you can provoke your children to wrath. I'm not that smart. Besides, you could embitter a son or a daughter as many different ways as there are personalities. But let me say a couple things to you. Parenting too harshly will do it. Some of y'all have that experience, don't you? At the same time, being absent as a parent will provoke a child to wrath. Refusing to discipline will lead a child to destruction. Being inconsistent with how you discipline. You leave a kid wondering if a behavior is okay today or not because we don't know if it was okay yesterday, but the day before it was. That will lead a child to anger. Not showing your kids love, only showing correction to your kids, that'll hurt them. Overprotecting them, that's dangerous. So parents, let me just tell you, it's your job to look like the Lord to the children you lead. You're to love them. You're to be gracious to them. You're to be firm with them. You're to be faithful. You are to care about them. You're to provide for them. You're to be fair with them. You are to call them to get it right, to straighten up and work for their growth. You are to protect them from harm as best you can. And you are to prepare them to step closer and closer to adulthood. That's a good, good topic for conversation. I would suggest if you're a parent, it'd be a great idea to sit down with some other parents, maybe have lunch together and brainstorm thoughts on, hey, what, what would provoking our kids to wrath look like? Because then you're going to be able to think it through maybe with some outside influence. Look at things that I should avoid to the glory of God and to the good of the family. Same time, there are things we are supposed to do. It says that you are to bring them up in the discipline and instruction 
of the Lord. The phrase, bring them up, it's the same Greek phrase we saw in chapter 5, verse 29, that speaks of a person nourishing his body. This has to do with giving your children what they need to grow. A gentle word, a loving word this is, not a harsh word, not an not a ugly, sharp-pointed word. Parents, nourish your children with what they need to live and do it with love. How do you nourish your kids? Well, you give them, what are the two words there? Discipline and instruction. These two words are actually very similar in the original language. They're very similar in meaning. They, they definitely overlap. They're, they're not super separate words. But they give us sort of two main angles of how to lead your kids. On the one side of the coin, think about the corrective side of discipline. How many of you grew up with parents who were willing to correct you? Good. How many of you still have painful memories of that? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Listen to me. Now, abuse is wrong. Harshness, ugliness is wrong. But no parent loves his or her child well who will not check the child's behavior. Children must have someone to set boundaries. They need someone to establish what's right and what's wrong. They need parents who will lower the boom if they choose to go against the standards of God or the rules of the family. And to let a kid run wild, unchecked, uncorrected is to fail to love your child. On the other side of discipline and instruction is a word, what does he think about training, instructing? A godly parent will teach a child what's right and wrong by actually doing positive instruction. You don't just crack the whip when the kid fails. Instead, your job as a parent is to tell the child what's right to start with. You guys ever work at, be at a job and have a boss that'll just bust your chops when you mess up even though they never tell you what they want you to do? How do you feel about that? Yeah, you feel violent right now, don't you? Don't do it to your kids. We are to train, we are to teach, we are to lead with examples. We are to be sure that, 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 that the children know the things that they need to know so that they can live to succeed in life and honor the Lord. And finally here, see that the teaching we do is to bring the child up, is to bring the child up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord, of the Lord. It's not just life skills I'm talking about here. You parents are supposed to teach your children the things of God. So parents, know this beyond any doubt. It is your job to see to it that your children know the gospel and know the word of God. Now, you have no power to make your children believe. You cannot make them trust the Lord. You cannot make them follow the Lord once they've grown up. But you are most definitely responsible parents to teach them the things of God. If a child in your household rejects the faith, you better make absolutely certain they know what faith they're rejecting. Make sense? Now, the fact that this teaching is to be done, quote, in the Lord, again, the disinstruction of the Lord, this reminds us, 
Just as children are supposed to obey their parents in the Lord, parents, you lead in the Lord. Just as it is an act of worship to the living God for children to obey their parents and honor their parents, so we worship the living God when we train up our children, nourishing them in the discipline and the instruction of the Lord. I want you to think about this. As you train up a child, you provide for the world to see a model of the love and fatherly grace of God the Father. And as you point children away from sin, you show the world that sin exists and that righteousness is better. And as you discipline your children with something that may hurt from time to time, you provide a form of warning for people to see that there is a judgment to come in eternity. And as you offer your children love and mercy, and when you forgive them when they fail, but they admit it, you provide an example of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ who saves every person who comes to him in faith and repentance. So again, this is a spot where some teachers would now take a whole sermon, maybe do a whole sermon series or write a whole book for you to tell you, here are the 17 ways you should go about disciplining and instructing your children. And those books are good, they're worthwhile, but rather than me trying to list off for you in just a few minutes everything I can think of that some author or some preacher who's doing a series might tell you about how to discipline your children, let me just encourage you to do this. Take this up as a challenge. Ready? Study. It is your job. Read a book. Listen to a sermon series. Go to a class. Talk to other mature believers and consider what do I need to do to nourish my children in God's discipline and instruction? What do they need to know about God? What do they need to know about the world? What skills do they need to have in their life before they leave their home, they leave my home for the big bad world? What behavior does my kid need to change before I let them loose on society? Do they know how to read the scripture? Do they know how to reason? Do they know how to think? Why not plan? Again, parents, I'm going to say this to you. Why not plan to have a conversation with some other Christians? Sit down and talk about real life. Open the word together. Discuss practical examples of what does it look like to provoke a child to anger? You want to avoid that. What does it look like to build into a child skills and habits they need? Talk about how do I discipline? How do you discipline? How did you guys deal with this kind of stuff? Talk about the fact that there are different ways to discipline depending on the personality of the child. Ask, hey, let's think together. How do we bring the word of God to bear in our home? And speaking of the love of Christ, let's not forget, this is about more than your children and it's about more than your family. What I'm talking to you about is actually about the glory of the Lord. Children are to obey in the Lord. Parents are to nourish their children in the Lord. We do what we do to demonstrate the glory of Jesus Christ and the truth of the gospel. So let me ask you this as we get ready to wrap up. What then is the gospel? Again, children, you're supposed to know this. So I say it to you almost every week. I hope you hear it. The gospel starts with God. God is holy, God is just, God has a standard of absolute perfection. And anybody who fails to meet God's standard of perfection should be eternally judged. Now, 
How many of us do you think are perfect enough to meet God's perfect standard? Anybody? No. No. You all see anybody around you that you think can meet God's perfect standard? No. We have all sinned. We've all failed to live up to God's standard. So we all deserve the judgment of God. And there's not a single good thing or a mountain of good things we could ever do to make up for the wrong. But God chose to provide for us a Savior. God provided a person to rescue us from the judgment we deserve. But what do we know about the Savior? He has to be. He has to be perfect. And he has to be of such infinite forever worth that he can save us. And there's only one person who could ever save you or me from our sins, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus is God the Son, God in the flesh. Jesus lived a perfect life and fulfilled all of God's requirements. Jesus died to pay the penalty for our sin, taking our judgment on himself like a sacrificial lamb. And then Jesus rose from the grave on the third day, defeating death and proving to us that our only hope for life is in him and his finished work. So for sinners like you and me to be forgiven, we've got to repent and believe in the Lord Jesus. What does that mean? Repenting means that you realize that you have failed to live up to God's standard. You all know you failed to live up to God's standard? It means that you willingly say, I don't want to be my own boss and master anymore. I'm not going to keep rebelling against God. I'm not going to continue in sin. You say, I'm not going to try to make up for my sin and save myself. Instead, because you know that can't be done, you're going to believe. You entrust your entire hope for your entire eternity in Jesus and Jesus alone. You believe Jesus is God in the flesh who died and then rose again. You believe Jesus' death is enough to pay the price for your sin. It means he was infinitely worthy. You believe Jesus rose from the grave and he's willing to save you. And you cry out in prayer to Jesus, confessing your sin to Jesus. And you ask Jesus, Lord Jesus, please forgive me. Please save me. Everyone who has truly believed in Jesus turning from sin, trusting in him, all of them are saved. And all of the saved have a new life and a new master. And now we live to try to honor Jesus in everything that we do. So if you're hearing me and you've never come to Jesus, I invite you today to cry out to Jesus for mercy. Believe in Jesus, turn away from sinning and trying to lead your own life Call on his name and find life because God's forgiveness is right here for you today. And for you who are forgiven, today is a day for you to live for Jesus. So play the role that God's called you to play. If you're a child living at home under your parents' authority, obey your parents and honor them. Show the faithfulness of Jesus in how you faithfully obey the instructions that you can. If, if your parents give you any instruction that is righteous, obey it. And for you who are older, if your parents are still alive, honor your parents. Think about how to do that. Show that your parents are of great value to you. 
Again, I know not every family situation lets it happen the way that we want it to, but be committed for your part to do everything you can do to honor the Lord by honoring your father and mother. And parents, honor the Lord in how you raise your children. Realize that what you do to raise your children is going to display something of what you believe about the Lord. Parent in such a way as to show your children and the watching world the grace and the holiness and the justice and the goodness of our holy God. That's what we want to do to obey God's word. Amen? Amen. All right, let's pray together. Father, again we bow before you. Again we thank you for your word. And again we acknowledge that we need your help to submit to it. I pray that right now you'll be about the process of saving souls bringing life to those who need it, and helping us to learn to obey you better and better as we go forward. God, forgive us for our sins and bring us mercy in Christ. We pray it in Jesus' holy name. Amen.